0: Literally this morning, I got another response from a listener talking about a time that they felt like they made a date awkward, and here's what they said. I came to a first date crying and kept getting emotional about something that happened beforehand. My date was polite, but also seemed so weirded out. When I first read that, I thought of us because the day we met, I think some people might have found either one of us to be creating something awkward. And instead, it was like, oh my gosh, we're friends always. The nutshell version of what happened that day is this. I was at the first studio I recorded this show at, and it was my then-engineer, Gabe's, last day. I was emotional about it. As I tend to be about goodbyes and Mackenzie, who would soon take Gabe's place, was standing in the corner of the room. I walked over to Gabe's desk with a goodbye gift for him, fighting tears, a fight I lost. And Mackenzie, this stranger, saw me crying and ran over to me, arms open wide. And you gave me this big hug and I was like, oh my gosh, what an awesome human. Some people might have thought either one of us awkward because awkwardness comes up not just on dates, but when we meet anybody, right? We're meeting a new person, and I feel like there's a bit of awkwardness built into that.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that's like kind of a, a silly thing that we're all taught is that we're supposed to have. Which totally goes against what we were just talking about. Because so I was going to be like, it's so silly to think you should have an instant connection. And it's like, meanwhile, you and I, instant connection. <laughs> but yeah, of course, I think it's supposed to be awkward. I think that when we don't feel awkward, sometimes we're ensnared in the trap of a sociopath who's making it feel <laughs> less awkward than it should.
0: Which we have talked about mm-hmm. at length as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really true. And I think that's kind of the idea of dating is...
1: Mm -hmm. finding
0: the people that we are similarly (laughs) awkward with or or who just delight in the ways in which we are quote unquote awkward
1: yeah definitely it's that what's the phrase it's a feature not a bug I find that so often with people where it'll be something that's like an idiosyncrasy that I'm like ah we're on the same team we're the same kind of weirdo give me more of that yes it's
0: so true it's so true As I was working on the recent episode about awkward dates, I kept thinking about the various sides of stories. Because when someone asks you, what's the most awkward date you've been on? It's super easy to leap to times when someone else did something wonky or odd. I know that's where my mind has gone. And I think those are important stories. I love sharing them. Still, it seemed only fair that I explore. The flip side, times when we ourselves made things awkward. So that's what this bonus episode is about. It's a conversation full of moments made WTF by us. Us being Mackenzie Mizell and me. Mackenzie seemed like the perfect person to join me for this conversation, maybe because we share similar types of weird, the kind that has made us friends. You may recognize Mackenzie from appearances in a few previous episodes. They also recorded Girl Boner Radio interviews back in pre-pandemic days, after Gabe left. And they continue to engineer my occasional in-studio sessions now. Mackenzie has produced a bunch of award-winning content, by the way, including the Webby-winning Muller She Wrote. And they head operations at the Period Podcast Network. Mackenzie has recently embarked on a spicy career path as well, one that they've kept quiet publicly until now. So after our we were awkward stories, plus a few more experiences submitted by listeners, you'll hear more about that. So we both jotted down a few times that we feel that we made things awkward. Oh, yes. (laughs) We had to narrow it down, let's just say. For you, the first one you jotted down, I'm curious about, is are you gay at all? What happened?
1: I was in the hot tub with a bunch of friends, and there was this girl. We kept looking at each other, and I was like, I can't tell if I keep catching her eye or that I'm just staring at her so much that statistically we will eventually meet each other's eye periodically. And she left the hot tub and I turned to my friends and I was like, I really liked her. I thought she was cute. I couldn't tell whether or not she was looking at me. And they were like, she was looking at you the whole time. And I was like, OK. So I like run out of the hot tub wet and I catch her before she leaves. And I like catch the door behind her and I'm like, uh are you gay at all? <laughs> so that was my pickup line. And she was like, kind of. And uh, we exchanged numbers and she never texted me, but I was really glad that I chased her down. Oh, How did you feel about saying that afterwards? I mean, I was thrilled. Like, oh, <laughs> when I shut off my brain, I'm just honest. Like, that's that's fine. I trust my nervous autopilot. <laughs> it worked fine
0: yeah, and I do think that so many people would find that very endearing. And so if that person was someone that you would have more chemistry with, it would have been a good sign if they were like, "That is the coolest pickup line ever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it was really cute. She seemed engaged by it, and we chatted for a bit. And who knows what the the backstory is, But I was like, "Oh, I'm glad I shot my shot if that's how you say it.
0: Yeah. I think when you're honest and clear, That's never wrong. Mm -hmm. I think that's great. You spoke your truth. Instead of dancing around it and being like, so, this is going to be very stereotyping, but it just flew into my head saying, do you like the Indigo Girls? (laughs) 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 Yes, lots and lots of non-gay people love the Indigo Girls. What about the time you dreamed about squeaky shoes?
1: Yes. So... There was this person who I had been friends with forever. We were always dating other people. And then we both lived in Seattle at the same time. And we'd always kind of wanted to go on a date. And we went on a date. Super fun. Like, shut the place down. Went back to his place. He, like, played a couple songs on the guitar. And it was just, like, this kind of cute, fun night. And so then I decided to stay over. and. I have just, like, constant vivid dreams from, like, the minute I hit the pillow. And I have lots of, like, short dreams. I don't know if you're this way, if I get, like, woken up and go back to sleep. So anyway, I've been having just, like, a million different little dreams. And then I have this dream that... Remember when ballet flats were really in? I mean, now, darling, they're coming back in. Keep an eye on 23. Very grateful they're coming back. I had a pair of vinyl plastic kind of shiny ones, you know? And if I was fidgeting and I'd rub them together, they would, like, make this weird plasticky squeaking noise. And I would always be like, oh, my gosh, stop squeaking your shoes. So anyway, as far as I'm concerned, I'm sitting there squeaking my shoes and I'm like, oh, stop it. And then I wake up and I'm just having a loud, long fart that sounds like squeaky shoes (laughs) while cuddling with this person. (laughs) And he doesn't react and I don't react. And I'm like, I know we both know. So I just stayed very quiet and didn't sleep, I don't think, again until morning. Now, I think I would have laughed at it, but I was like 23 or something. So it was, you know,
0: the end of the world. So this dream was, the fart was inspiring the dream.
1: Yes, I was hearing it. Yeah. Uh, I love that
0: there was just like this silence after.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like silent
0: acceptance.
1: Yeah. Which I think that connects to one of yours slightly, doesn't it?
0: Oh, the bodily function. (laughs) Bowel
1: (laughs) yeah. Related one, yes.
0: Uh, yes. So I had a few first dates in my early twenties. A little backstory. My appendix burst when I was twenty. And I had to be at bed rest for a month. It was really intense. So I had this kind of wild cabin fever and I wanted to get out. I was single at the time. I think this was back in like AOL love time. <laughs> Ooh. I met a couple of people online and I wanted to go on some dates and I was so excited to be out. And also, I had had this other experience while I was recovering. Mm-hmm. So after my appendix burst, they did the surgery and the medication they gave me. I think it was a side effect of the medication paired with maybe some things that were residual from the eating disorder that I was kind of stable physically, but Mm -hmm. still struggling with. So there were a lot of factors. It made my digestive system not work super well. Mm -hmm. And so I came home from the hospital and I was sleeping down in the basement. And I was in so much pain because I had impacted bowels, which is you cannot have a bowel movement. Like, the stool is just backed up in you.
1: Mm.
0: Long story short, the release of that was so profoundly magical to me. Uh-huh. It felt like such a miracle. I felt like my life was saved. I mean, they told me this is worse than childbirth pains. Like Ooh. It was so intense and worse than the appendix problems. Yeah, And so this incredible bowel movement... <laughs> I had was, how can I put this, elevated me a bit off the toilet. Like (laughs) there was so much intensity. That blew my mind. I was so fascinated by this Uh and like relieved beyond relief and slightly immature. So I'm on these dates (laughs) and it came up pretty quickly. I mean, because like, what have you been up to, right? (laughs) And it was like the best thing in my life at the time. I remember acting it out once when I got to the (laughs) elevation part. And I'm skipping details because I have learned a few things. But at the time, I told details. And I just thought that they would be as mesmerized (laughs) by this experience as I was. So I lifted myself off the chair. I remember once it was in this pretty nice restaurant. I know I did this more than once. Might have been more than twice. But the two that I recall... I just remember them being so, so quiet. I think at the time I thought, oh, we don't have the greatest chemistry. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I did end up dating at least one of those guys for a bit. Didn't last super long. However, I think that it's one of those stories that they could tell later, like Red Flag. (laughs) If they tell you about the poo that launched them from the toilet seat, it might not work out.
1: That makes me so sad because knowing you, I would be like, oh, my God, all the green flags. This person is so comfortable with their body and they're so open. But then totally, I think if I sat down with somebody and she was like, so anyway, I had a poop that lifted me off the toilet. I would be like,
0: well, this has been nice. <laughs> when, I- when you say it, I get that. But when I say it, I get excited. It's so interesting to me. Like I said, I've learned a few things, but it still is a fascinating story to me. (laughs) And I will tell people now, but not until I know them. Mm -hmm. That might be the trick. (laughs) Growth and maturity. So you also had an experience about a thong.
1: Oh, yes. Actually, that's connected to my last one that I just forgot to say. My friend Haley taught me this. If you like farts and you like making noise, that's fine. But she taught me just make sure that string is way up your butt when you go to bed. No farts all night. <laughs> you can still oh fart. Gosh.
0: They're just muffled. Only problem is you have to wear a thong. <laughs> See, I love thongs. I'm glad. I'm glad that people love thongs. I find them very distracting. Really? Oh, interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't like having material in there.
1: See, I guess it just becomes background noise after a while.
0: Yeah. Like, no unintended.
1: Yes. <laughs> I think I like a thong because I'm like, I know where it is. You know what I mean? Nothing has fallen down in my pants or I don't know.
0: (laughs) It's so true. Very secure (laughs) in there. So I have a couple more if you're curious, you can feel free to ask me about. Yeah. So you said that you broke up with someone with a song.
1: So I want to ask you about that because it makes me think of my friend Sarah was dating this guy and they went out for their anniversary. And it was kind of the end, and they were going to give each other presents. And Sarah was like, oh, man, hope it's not a ring. <laughs> and her boyfriend was like, oh, man, I hope it's not a song. <laughs> and she had written him a song, and he had gotten her a ring. And neither of them liked it, but they kept dating for like a year. Oh,
0: my gosh. So did they
1: say <laughs> that? to each other out loud yeah and then gave each other a song and a ring (laughs) but the the ring wasn't an engagement ring I think that's what she was scared of it was more of a we're 21 here's a promise ring but yeah (laughs) pretty successful anniversary date there
0: so you have a singing date I do yes so this was also in my early 20s which I think is Kind of a theme for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We're newer to dating. We're newer to adulthood. Our brains are still developing, Mm -hmm. not to make excuses, but (laughs) I was dating this guy. He was an accountant. And all the things you think of when you think of accountants Mm -hmm. fit him. Okay. Like mathematical Mm -hmm. and organized and polite. And we didn't have the greatest chemistry. In general, but we did date for a bit. And when I decided to break up with him, I thought it would be really romantic if I sang him a song. You know, as a musician yourself, sometimes your feelings come out in songs.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I was kind of journaling through music. And then I had this idea that I thought would be brilliant sing it to him uh-huh. as the breakup. Like, this could be in a movie. How sweet that this person poured their heart out in song, and then they could just, like, hug and go their separate ways, just, like, humming along. I just thought it would be so romantic. And so we had this date. We went back to his apartment, and I pulled out my guitar to, like, surprise him with this song. There were tears in his eyes. And so I thought, oh, he gets it. Like, this is how it was meant to be. So I sang the song, we had like this long hug, and I went home, went on with my life. I think the next day or so, I had a gig with these two friends of mine, we used to sing in coffee houses, and I got up to sing my new song. Mm -hmm. The name is kind of hilarious. I called it Came and Went. I'll just leave that there. So I, I got up and I introduced the song, and I said, this is a song I just wrote about a breakup. It was like a very raw, real breakup song. As I'm saying, this is a breakup song. Mm -hmm. I hear a gasp in the audience. And the gasp in the audience came from my ex who didn't know he was my ex until that very moment. He thought I wrote him a song. And I don't know that he really got the words. And also, my words might have been a little too poetic. You know, Sometimes you're trying to be deep. And you don't say, now I'm breaking up with you. You mm-hmm. actually talk about flowers and petals <laughs> yeah. falling off or whatever it was. And so he had no idea. And it was oh, horrible no. because I felt him looking at me and he stood up and I felt so terrible. Aww. And he walked out and I just sang the song. Like, what do you doing? What else are you going to do? Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> talk about a movie moment. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's just a different kind of movie.
1: Wow. That's so brave, though, that you wrote a breakup song and sang it. Like, yeah, as grown-ups, we can easily look back and be like, oh, yeah, like, clearly that was going to leave some, you know, some room for interpretation. But, damn, I really love that you went through on that.
0: Thank you for the positive spin. <laughs> because at the time, I felt so terrible. And then I didn't tell anyone for a while. And then when years pass, like I would not do that today. You know, where is the clarity there, Mm -hmm. right? Are you a little bit gay? It's so (laughs) much better than you going up and singing a song about a potential bisexual person or whatever, you know? Yeah. Feels like a lifetime ago and yesterday.
1: (laughs) I love that. That's so you. I really love that. I've definitely done it the other way. I've had the like, Hey, here's a song I wrote about you, you should go out with me. I've pulled that one a few times. How did that go? Oh, like 10 out of 10, it always works. <laughs> I used to be like, this is my move. I'll write them a song and then they'll love me.
0: <laughs> but your songs are so good. So that's pretty why.
1: And I try to make them real. They're not like, you're great. They're always like, you're weird. I like that about you.
0: <laughs> I love that. That's beautiful. It's the clarity with the romance. <laughs> the movies we want the thing that's a little surreal and disjointed. Mm-hmm. So mine is best for fiction, but I like your version.
1: I love yours though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um oh yeah. I do
1: feel like we have to get to the last one.
0: Yes. So this was a little bit more maturity level in my life, I guess. I was in my late 20s. (laughs) So I feel like I'd upgraded, but I still had a lot to learn. And I was living in LA and it was my first time having, I called it sex as a single girl. Like when I've written about it, I talk about this really enlivening time when I realized I could have quote unquote casual sex. Mm
1: -hmm. Before
0: that, I was always serious relationship, another serious relationship. And I really felt free after this massive breakup and moving to L.A. to be like, wow, this concept feels like something I could try on. And so I was literally going out to clubs, you know, hoping to hook up with people. And this friend of mine had told me that you can basically just have your pick, just go in like it was just kind of that Hollywood idea of the actresses come in and they can have their pick, essentially, is what she said to me. The idea was, and the presumption was, that all these dudes wanted to have sex. So if you want to, go for it. If you don't, then go home. But here's your platter. Like, here's your pick. Just have fun. And so one night, I hooked up with this guy. I'd met him once before, just briefly. He seemed like a nice guy. We had sex that night. And I was more on the initiating side. We didn't have a discussion or anything. Mm -hmm. I just thought, this is what we do, and I was into it, and this is what I wanted to do. So Mm -hmm. we had sex. And I do remember a couple times during it, he kind of, like, paused. It wasn't until the next day, he arrived at my apartment with flowers and a card and apologized to me.
1: Right.
0: And he said that he really... Thinks that I have value as a person. He doesn't want me to feel objectified. He doesn't usually have sex the first time he meets someone or the second time or their first date. And he saw a future with me. Like he wanted to take things slow. He wanted to slow things down. Let's go out for coffee. Let's pretend like the sex never happened. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) I, I don't want any of that. None of it. And so I felt again terrible. And I told him, At least I told him. I was very clear in that moment. As soon as I knew, I said, gosh, I'm so sorry that I gave any impression other than I just wanted to have sex. I didn't realize that you had mixed feelings about it. I'm really sorry. And I hope you take care. Like, it was just (laughs) short and here you go. And he looked pretty crestfallen. Mm -hmm. And I next saw him when i was scrolling through daytime tv and i saw him on dr phil Mm -hmm. you know how dr phil will ask an expert in the audience will stand Mm -hmm. up and share a thought about something Mm -hmm. the camera pans over and here's this guy and he stands up he was there as a relationship expert who'd been through a lot and was now helping other people cultivate these like committed relationships (laughs) But at least in that moment, I interpreted that as, oh, I was a part of his pain, and I was one of the wounds that sent him to (laughs) Dr. Phil, and oops, (laughs) that experience really showed me that it is a stereotype.
1: It is.
0: And I've met many guys who do not want to have casual sex. They want a relationship. It doesn't matter what your gender identity or your orientation is. Mm -hmm. It's always important to communicate.
1: Yeah, so much so, because I have had that happen, too, and I feel so bad. Not to that degree, but just where it's been like, you know, I think this is just this thing that's happening with this person. Like, I used to joke that I can't seem to have a one-night stand. Like, I remember there was this guy, we were out, and we were like, yeah, let's hook up. And the next thing we know, it was, like, weeks later, and we're still just, like, hanging out watching Naruto on the weekends, and we're not dating but we're still hooking up. And I'm like, oh, right. Because I have this idea in my head that if I'm like, well, I just need some sex and you look available, men specifically will be like, yes, let's do that. And that has never, ever been my experience. Like every time they're like, cool, I like you. Do you want to hang out? Like, oh, right. Because they're like, not just, I guess, like dicks with brains. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, We get taught that men are just like down all the time. And uh, yeah, I've I've definitely I've felt myself in similar places where I was like, wow, I didn't think about your feelings the way I maybe would have with a woman because there's just this assumption.
0: Yes. Yeah. Assumptions never are helpful. No. (laughs) They just aren't. (laughs) So a bit more about Musa Masala, the nonprofit I mentioned in the last episode that is close to my heart. Their latest projects include scholarships which allow young Nepali women to pursue education and careers in the medical field, a climbing competition, and support of a much needed hospital and birthing center in Nepal where such care used to be out of reach. Through December 11th, Save 15% on everything in the Musa store, from beautiful artwork to awesome shirts, socks, and bandanas. Visit MusaMasala.com and click the store tab to start shopping. That's M-U-S-A-M-A-S-A-L-A dot com to save 15% and support a wonderful cause. I also asked the Girl Boner audience to share experiences where they felt like they made things awkward. Ooh, yes. Please share. Make me feel better. Right. Yes. Here's our Misery Loves Company. (laughs) I didn't realize my period had started. I thought I was just really wet and we had sex in his car in the dark. It looked like a murder scene after. He was nice about it, but oh my God, I was so embarrassed. I Venmo'd him money for a car detail and or cleaning Aww. supplies. <laughs> oh, bless this person. That
1: happens so much, though. That happens to so many people. I don't know about in a car, but that, yeah, that sucks and my heart goes out. Yeah.
0: Yes. I mean, the the moment of realization, like when the lights turn on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just, I just really feel that one. And it's so sweet to send... Money.
1: <laughs> yep. I could see myself doing the same. <laughs> oh,
0: and I'm glad this guy was nice about it. Has that happened to you where you didn't realize you were having your period? Listen, my friend,
1: <laughs> who I mentioned earlier, she'll be fine with all this. These are public stories. But her first time, she and her partner thought she was real wet and then turns on the light when they're done. <laughs> it was just like blood everywhere. Wow. She just like happened to have her period and not know. And so, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, so this a happens lot of-
0: a lot. Everyone mm-hmm. who's relating to this. <laughs> okay. Oh, goodness. I just want to say I love all of these people because there is a kinship when you have been a very awkward person in certain scenarios. I just, I feel these so deeply. How can I put this? I had sudden food poisoning, I think in the form of explosive diarrhea. I feel so dumb about this now, but I pretended the smell wasn't coming from me. Oh, It's so hard to know how you'll react in these situations, right? Yeah. What do you think you would do if that happened to you? I mean, I would love to say
1: that I'm super evolved. And I would go, you know what? We're both adults. Bodies are bodies. But I'd I'd probably do the same thing. I'd probably be like, what? Weird. (laughs) What's going on? Yeah, there is
0: that feeling of the show must go on kind of thing. Today, I think I would perhaps try to find a tactful way to say, I'm having a digestive problem without going into the details Mm -hmm. as I have in the past. Mm
1: -hmm. And I think I would then
0: (laughs) probably, you know, scoot away and try to change and clean up and everything. But then I could also see myself just getting up, running out, going to a thrift store. I mean, you, you just don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's so hard to know until it's happening. <laughs> yeah. So I have one more that I'll read. I sat down to meet someone I matched with on Tinder, started chatting up a storm. I talk a lot when I'm nervous. Then I realized after a while that this person was not my date. The guy was either too stunned or polite to stop me because he sort of just played along until his actual <laughs> date arrived. <laughs> I feel this one too.
1: Gold star. I love this person. That's amazing.
0: <laughs> Have you ever done anything similar?
1: Oh gosh. Oh, if I had more time to process, I'm sure. I just know for me, there are genuinely few things in the world scarier to me than those moments where you're going, are you who I'm supposed to be talking to? Are you supposed to be who I'm meeting up with? Like specifically on a date, I freak out sometimes if I know someone well and I know that they're in a restaurant and I have to try and find them. But that like first date, whenever I meet people, I always tell them, I'm like, oh, I'm the blonde with a blue jacket by the door. And they'll be like, I saw your profile picture. And I'm like, okay, cocky, whatever. (laughs) Like, I want to know what you're wearing. I want to be able to see you from across the room. I don't really know what from like one picture online. You know what I mean? Not even in a mistrusting way. Just like, I don't know what your face looks like yet, so.
0: And pictures terrible. aren't the same as people. Oh, yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, mm-hmm.
0: no one looks exactly the way they do in a picture. Yeah. It's not 3D. Mm-hmm. I mean. Yeah, no. Ah, uh, That's kind of you, I think, to do that. I got into a car once. My partner and I drove to the post office together, and I hopped out of the car because there was no parking. Mm-hmm. Went in and shipped off a package, and I came out, and I just jumped into Jeep. <laughs> and. My partner's a block away looking at this in horror, and there's a man in there. And I look over to my left in the driver's seat. There's a man. And he did not say a single word. He just sat there. Why is that always my reaction? Every time I've done one of these things, people just stare at me. His mouth just kind of opened a little bit. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Totally not the car I was meant to get into. Oops, and I just got out and ran and oh my goodness. Yeah, my partner watched this whole thing. He saw me just get into a stranger's car with this large man in the driver's seat. And it wasn't even it was another SUV. <laughs> Probably was a totally different color. I don't remember, but not the same car. Yeah. So I have had those I've had those moments. Mm-hmm. I could see mm-hmm. I could see doing that, sitting down and just start my yep. Story. Just
1: get into it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh, So, you have had some really incredible evolution in your life recently. Mm, I have. (laughs) What would you like to share about that journey and, and what led you to it?
1: Thank you for asking. Yeah, I've been getting into the wide world of taking your clothes off on the internet, and I've been having the most fun. I've been doing this behind-the-scenes stuff forever, still doing it, still love it, managing a bunch of shows. And then, to be completely honest, I hit, like, a weird, scary, am-I-going-to-starve-to-death moment and thought, well, I've always kind of wanted to try sex work. And then I tried it, and I was like, screw everything, this is so fun, (laughs) I want to do this forever. And so it, it sort of snowballed from doing... Sugar dating. I'm currently a sugar baby. And then that turned into exploring OnlyFans. And now I've been looking at creating custom videos for people, and meeting people through Instagram. I've been chatting with people in my personal life about it, but this is really the first time I've gotten to like say so on a podcast. Like, hey everybody, I do sex work now and it's super fun. Come on in, the water's fine.
0: <laughs> I'm very proud of you. I know that this has been something that you've been excited about for a while. And it seems like you're getting so much fulfillment out of it. What's your favorite aspect?
1: Photography. I just love it. Like, boudoir photography was just, like, my favorite. And it's been so much fun to be like, oh, I can be both. I can be the sexy lady who's taking their clothes off in front of the camera. And I can be the person with the camera. So it's just been super fun. And then to, like, just play for a whole evening and do whatever the heck I want and be silly and then turn around and have that turn into people who, like, want to become my clients and give me their money. I feel like this is why there's a stigma. Because, like, people don't want us to know that it's fun and doable and I'm still awesome. <laughs> like, my value does not change when people give me money for sex. And, uh, yeah, very, very fun to be on the other side of all that and, and getting to play in this
0: sphere. I love it. And because there is stigma. I know a lot of sex workers maintain certain levels of privacy, including when they're dating. And not to get into a whole other topic, I know that you had a wonderful event recently where you Mm -hmm. married yourself. You committed to (laughs) self-love. It was so beautiful. So I don't know if you are dating or not, but have you thought about bringing sex work up on dates? Is that something that you have experienced yet?
1: I love that you're asking that question because that's something I've been thinking about a lot. I see other people who work in sex work and have partnerships and they're really happy. And so I see that that is a future option. So the commitment that I made, which I'm me, I can do whatever I want. I can renegotiate if I'd like. But currently my plan is to stay single for a year. And single means not dating people. like. I want to hook up with people. Who cares? I have a sugar daddy. And so I still get to check that little I'm having sex box like my body still gets to, you know, have all of the good oxytocin and things that come with that. So right now I'm good just chilling. (laughs) But um, I have thought about that. And I think it would have to be one of those things where it's just like day one, you know, or maybe before day one, maybe put it on a dating profile. I don't know, because I could just really see it being one of those things where if you start to have a conversation with somebody and you say, oh, actually, I do this. I could just imagine the mental gymnastics someone would wind up doing, because I've seen when I explain to people outside of sex work, like, this is how I live my life. If you want to date me, you have to fit around it. And I often see people instead sort of turn it and be like, but wait, what if you were different for me? (laughs) And so I have that fear that if I go back into dating and I'm like, I want to date you and keep doing sex work, they might be like, but what if you don't have to? And I want to. So I'm, I'm nervous about that someday conversation, but, you know... Ah, never mind. I was going to try and do sort of a positive thing and wrap it up with a bow and be like, I'll talk to my therapist about it. But that's a very weird thing, too, is that I had to leave my last therapist because she thought me doing sex work was so interesting and she couldn't hear my feelings. She just kind of sat down and was like, oh, tell me this, tell me that. And it like wasn't my life. So it's like, I don't even know, guys, we're all working on it together. Right. Like. Hopefully with learning from friends and meeting new people and there's, there's a big wide world of humans out there. And if and when the day comes I date, it's possible. But yeah, it seems like it'll be a huge pain in the ass, if I'm honest. Like it feels like it's going to be a big weird hurdle, but um, not dead yet. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it's really important work you're doing partly because of those stigmas.
1: Yeah, I really want to do that. I want to be useful in that, like we've talked about before, you know, I think I'm in a good position to be useful to the cause in that way. I'm very low stakes. If I told the world, you know, this is who I am and this is what I'm doing, it would probably be a month before most of the people in my life went back to treating me normal. So I feel grateful that I'm in a place I can be more open about it. But yeah, there's just like a really big stigma fight to to still be had.
0: Here's to making dates less awkward by reducing stigma. Learn more about Mackenzie's work at periodpodcastnetwork.com and their spicier work at onlyfans.com slash lane. That's sydney s-i-d-n-e-y. Now I'm going to leave you all with a few more gift ideas. If you would like to give a friend or yourself the gift of sexy pleasure, visit thepleasurechest.com to explore a range of dildos, vibrators, cock rings, kink kits, and more. Pleasure Chest gift cards also make fantastic gifts. And for a couple more weeks, you can still save 35% off a Vesper 2, the vibrator necklace I love. And you can support my work at the same time. Just visit augustmclaughlin.com crave to place an order. These necklaces are elegant, waterproof, and available in silver, gold, and black. You can even have yours engraved. Find links to all of these goodies in the show notes. If you are enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I would love to hear your thoughts by way of a review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. I so appreciate every single review. Thank you so much for listening.